not ready for prime time, as they say. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. I'm having nightmares right now. Matt Hayes. Their D's gonna be really good. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, eyes. And Leon Searcy. Somebody has to go on the crowd. There was some crying yesterday. There was some praying. There was some wishing. There was some hoping. And then there were tears. That's for sure. National Signing Day. Uh, I don't know. That I'm going to keep rolling with early National Signing Day because it is the day and a bunch of big-time stars hauled in by a lot of schools that you follow. So we will definitely dig in on that. We've got FSU with emergency meetings, and we've got your Jaguars with – we don't know whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to be under center uh, after concussion protocol uh, that he had to deal with after the loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Welcome in. It is a Thursday short show. We got Rick Blue coming up a little bit later on talking about that FSU turmoil with the conference. Uh, and we got a birthday boy. So actually, yeah. I think I might just lead off with my Modelo Yellow with the. Uh, uh, I'm not even going to ask the big man's age, but it is his birthday. So happy birthday. I appreciate it. Thank you very yeah. much. There you go. You know, I, I you know, I, I don't even know my age to be quite honest with you. At fifty fine. at fifty I started subtracting two years. Yeah. yeah. All right. So right now I'm forty two. Yeah. I, there I, we go. <laughs> Good for so you. So you do the math, do the math. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, happy birthday. Appreciate and, it. And by the way, there's not <clears throat> too many people that will celebrate their birthday by giving gifts. And you can look on YouTube right now uh, by going to 1010XL, and he gave us yeah. the big surs and my, the little surs. Yeah, my, my business partner, Howard G, HowardGCigars.com, if you're interested. Uh, he sent me a nice little bundle, a nice little package. He nice. knows he knows what his brother likes. He sent me some uh, big surs and little surs, and uh-huh. uh, I figured I had enough that I would share with my colleagues. Yeah, that's what we like. That's what we like. Well, it is appreciated. Now, Matt is missing in action. He certainly would be able to light one up as well, but – uh, I think what happened was uh, he hammered Billy Napier so much yesterday that Billy got down on bended knee and play, prayed to the Gator gods, and the Gator gods gave him laryngitis. Mm. So he cannot he was, talk. He was hexed. He <laughs> <laughs> had to teach you to mess with Billy. The laryngitis, too. That's what makes it even more ironic when we get the text this morning <laughs> yeah. of, the doctor has diagnosed me with laryngitis, and we're like, well, you were running your mouth a little too much yesterday, he evidently. And so he's just going to have to take a back seat uh, with the bashing. Uh, but Florida, like so many others, there were pluses and there were minuses. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and we had a great day yesterday with a handful of the uh, recruits on the First Coast or tied to schools locally that came through our show. We had a big time. And as a matter of fact, before we get into some of the other mm-hmm. ones, you heard from the head coach down. Yeah, I heard from Mario. Day. Mario got a glimpse of, uh, you know, Derek and I talking on social media when we, you know, uh, introduced himself to me and uh Mario texted me this morning and said man you know much appreciated yeah you know but listen that kid man that kid was so impressive now I wasn't here to see all the other players I'm sure they were just but that kid Derek was so impressive to me man just just so modest so polished you know with the with the right mindset oh my gosh you know, yes. we're talking about right, Derek Derek Plaz yeah signed just with, with the right mindset you know I mean whatever he does in football you know that's fine but I'm just saying he's a, he's a good individual yeah. So I, I know whatever he decides to do in life, he's going to excel. So I was just so impressed with the kid. And that's the kind of kid that you want to, to come to your school or your university. It's true. Absolutely. And I just, again, I went back to when we were with Mario, mm-hmm. May, what was it, of 2022, mm-hmm. so almost two years ago now, mm-hmm. and Mario had just completed, or he had just gotten, 
right? Let me do the math. Yeah, he had just gotten the job. He had just gotten was, the job. Yeah, so he had just finished his first spring. Mm-hmm. And he said to you, he was like, we need guys that want to work. Yeah. And to see Derek Plaz yes. sitting here and your your face just light up, Leon, it was mm-hmm. like, wow, Mario has guys that want to work. And as JJ noted, coming off a 7-5 and five season to have the number three recruiting class. Very impressive. Very impressive. He I mean, is a recruiter. There well, is listen, no he, question about it. He was noted as a recruiter when he, when he was coaching at Miami, when he was a GA. You know, yeah. when he came back to Miami, he was noted as a guy who went after it. And I'm not surprised now, now that he's the head coach that he goes after it, but he's also got a staff that he's assembled that goes after it pretty Which good. he immediately yes. threw that, that basically rope around SoFlo mm-hmm. by getting some of your old teammates, mm-hmm. guys that were coaching on the high school level at mm-hmm. Northwestern and Central and brought them over. And, and listen, you got to remember too also, I mean, he's got he's got the Jimmy Gene mm-hmm. and he's got the Nick Gene. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, does. I mean, those, those two pretty damn good coaches right there. He, I mean, he played on the Jimmy and he worked on the Nick. So, I mean, he still, he has that kind of fire. And, and, and for a team that embarrassed itself against Georgia Tech, lost to Florida State, I mean, to come out and have the number three recruiting class in, in yeah. college football, it, uh, very impressive. It's something else. All right, you guys can jump in. You can hit the YouTube <clears throat> channel, 1010XL. Just search for us there and throw a comment. If you're definitely paying attention to recruiting, you can definitely do it on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. We'd love to hear from you. We're trying to hit this from a, you know, a handful of different angles. But it, like we said, there were bumps and bruises, and there were definitely successes uh, for all the state schools. But it, it, it was where you started and where you ended and that's what everyone is paying attention to. How many did you get and how many did you lose? And there's no doubt that the, the way the NIL works in today's world, there were a bunch of players that were five-star that had committed to schools for quite a long time and then at the end of the day flipped. And that has to at least get you thinking that NIL had as much to do with it as anything. But in the case of the Gators – it's the product on the field. I keep going back and preaching the product, and I'll just use what happened, okay? They went from a top three class to a 15th-ranked class thanks to a five-game losing streak. They were number three in late October, early November, and then five L's landed on the board. You know, it's interesting you said something about the kids flipping into NAIL. Yeah. But I wonder where – I mean, do these kids look at – the NIL, like the draft, because, I mean, I'm trying to figure out where they get that valutation of what they figure is enough money or too much money. Because, you know, in the draft, you know, in the draft, the, the rookies are slotted. Right. So, you know, it, the, if whatever rookie got the 10th money last year, 10th pick money, mm-hmm. you know, this year, you've got to make more than that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I'm trying to figure out how do these kids, I mean, do they have guys, people that work with them? To give them a valutation of what they, no. they they're worth. No, honestly. well, the other schools are yeah, competing you know the, with them, so you know they're what? like, hey, if a, I mean, but, school A is going to give me this, then school B is only going to give me this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, truly, then I know my value is. But here's the, whatever. But no, that, JJ, but here's the thing that I know about agents. Yeah, agents lie. Okay, <laughs> if, they, it, if they've got guys that work with them, they can tell them whatever. And they they would know. That's why we had yeah. some controversy <clears throat> yesterday with the number one overall prospect in yeah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Smith, Smith mm-hmm. who seemingly signed his national letter of intent early in the afternoon from yeah. Chaminade to Ohio State. But then there was like, oh, wow, he hasn't sent his NLI in like Rashada last year. Yeah. And this had been like four or five hours. We're going into the night last night. Miami Twitter's blowing up like, <clears throat> whoa, we might have a chance with this guy now. Yeah. What happened was he 
was making sure all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed in his NIL deal yeah. at Ohio State before he sent his paperwork. So, so, the so other, that was like a last minute, hey, yeah. so, you say you're going to pay me, but make sure it's already there. The bank wire. escrow or whatever. The bank wire. That's what he was waiting on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's honestly, it's the other <clears throat> side trying to trump it, trying to beat it, trying to raise the stakes. So your valuation, if you're talking about just basically looking at it, it is that phrase that we've used since the beginning of NIL, wild, wild west, anything goes. Anything goes. There's not a sa- – all right, think about this. Let's make this the 10-10 take, all right? Because this is our – well, this, all right, hit it. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit master since 68. Sonny's Barbecue, they've had their recipes tried and true for years. They haven't changed anything. They know that you like it, you love it, you come in and you get it. They smoke it slow and serve it fast. So they've got consistency as their key. But you know what I'm labeling this? And this is even an old wrestling term, the new world order. That's what it is, a new world order. There are no salary caps that you have to deal with. There are no free agency restrictions. The bank can be limitless, okay, bags galore. And just to use the NFL, there's no franchise tag that can Mm -hmm. keep a player from movement. They can't freeze them. Now they've got any one-time transfer, no questions asked. And now they've got the NAL where these guys are lining up, committing, and then within the 11th hour, getting their their NIL or their salary, however you want to describe it, raised. And then they pluck them away. And now Florida suffered the worst defeats when it came to five stars, but this was happening everywhere. So that's the 10-10 take. It is the new world order in college football, Leon. Mm-hmm. Every single day you can re-recruit somebody and figure out a way to pluck them mm-hmm. or keep them from leaving. Yeah, because if if you're a university, I mean, I was trying to figure out how these players determine their valuation, and then as a university, you got to know, you got to figure out what's too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yes. saying? So I mean, I, I, a lot of these schools are saying, "Hey, listen, we two, three, four million. No, no, because you remember last year, what, what, what was it, Rashada? They said that yeah. some school that offered him like eight million or some some crazy well, they number. They thirteen million out yeah, there. Yeah, thirteen million. Was, that, that's that's absolutely ridiculous for a seventeen year old kid. Yeah. That kind of money. I don't care how talented you are. We've come a long way in the world of reporting on NIL just in the last year because there was like reputable people rolling with that 13 million number that was just like obviously not true and outrageous. We just saw yesterday um, Arch Manning, it came out that he makes like $3 million last year. Mm -hmm. And to be exactly to play in one game as a backup. Uh, and they compared it to Brock Purdy's salary, mm-hmm. which was like eight hundred. Yeah, it's like eight, I was wow. gonna say. I knew it was it was not a million dollars. But like that's sort of yeah. where we're at with nil. We know Cam Ward was offered like two million ish. So mm-hmm. we're not we're getting better at this. Well, because we're looking at it through the lens of what it really is. Like the twenty five million dollars that Marvin Harrison Jr. was allegedly going to be offered yeah, from just, the from Ohio State. Yeah. That is no one believed that it's not twenty five million dollars. It's a collection of here's a car that we're valuing at this much. Here's a commercial opportunity that we're valuing at this much. And I think we're finally recognizing that like the eight million dollars that E.M. I'm going to butcher his name. Tennessee. At Tennessee, the the freshman quarterback. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That one. Yep. Out of California. Mm -hmm. Like that was the big thing was like he had a price tag of eight million dollars. And it's like, no, it's not eight million dollars. There's certain incentives and thresholds. And it's not just eight million dollars in cash. It's also other opportunities and material possessions like 
flying your parents to the game, getting them a hotel. Well, yeah, and he never played. He never played. So that's the problem. We'll get into all that. You can hear from Billy Napier coming up here in a second as far as those guys that flipped, and he spread them out, okay? I'm going to go over the list of all the guys that left and where they went because they there were schools plucking them left and right. So we got it all for you, high school recruiting, the FSU news, and obviously what's happening with your Jaguars as they get ready for the Bucks on XL Primetime. Filling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Jesus' birthday is Monday, but our leader, Leon Cersei's birthday is today. So in case you missed it, be sure to send a little birthday love to Big Cerse on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. I know a couple of you already have. The YouTube chat line also available, or as we like to call it, JJ. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! Speaking of the text line, several of you have given us the heads up of what Joe immediately was telling us about from the moment he walked in the door this morning. There is heavy, heavy traffic on 95 southbound from it's I'm seeing from 210 to Phillips Highway. I saw on my phone it's from 295 all what the way. What was it though? Past that, 210. Uh, yeah. Someone actually did text it and said yeah. it was an overturned tractor trailer. They Ugh. said they had photo evidence. Um so it's obviously an unfortunate situation there, but also because of that, I know I saw as I was driving in, Highway 1 is also now backed up by 9B. So if you're in that neck of the woods, our SJCers. Yeah, yeah. choose your route carefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, you know, like say the boys at, at TAPS, you know, they might be locked in on 210 and, and can't get out, uh, the witch doctor and Grant the painter. But it's it's when you look at it, like there's, and I it's not a Bermuda Triangle, but it feels like it's just that, Bermuda death area because somewhere between 207, 16, World Golf Village, and 210, there's always something going on on I-95. So be careful. A little more patience, right? We could always use that on the road. But whenever you see that bad traffic, I always say, hey, I'm happy I'm not the one who started this by having the accident. So you kind of got to be as patient as you can. Yes. All absolutely. right. Now I want to speaking play this, of patience. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to play this Billy Napier soundbite because he is trying to tell Gator Nation to be patient. As a matter of fact, he even kind of read a little bit of a riot act to the players that if you're here in January, it's because you're ready to work, and if not, uh, take off. But here's what he first had to explain: the guys that flipped on the Gators and went elsewhere. No, I mean I think we anticipated some attrition. Reality is we might have been okay with some of it. You know, so, you know, I think you find out a lot about about where you're at when you go through a process and how things are handled to some degree. So, look, it goes back to if you don't want to be here, uh, let's go ahead and get that out of the way now. So his argument is, is that if you don't want to be, then you don't have to be. But guess what? They did choose to go elsewhere. And just listen to these. These are Florida five stars. At the very least, four four to five stars. Four to five stars that flipped. One to Texas, one to Miami, one to Auburn, one to Georgia, one to A&M, and on and on and on. And, Leon, that, like, it's not like one school is poaching them. They're just deciding not to go to this particular school and go somewhere else. 
Well, I mean, it has a. <clears throat> I've never been to the University of Florida campus, but I heard it's amazing. I did the it new is facility, amazing, the swamp, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Every, this has everything to do with the record, bro. Yeah, it has to do. It has to be five and seven. I mean, that that's. That's a recruiting tool against them in, in every capacity. It's like I keep maintaining. They were top five, and then they lost five. Wow. Okay? They were top five, and then they lost five. And it's since then, they've just tumbled out of the top ten. But, but here's the thing. What could have Billy, Billy have said to keep those kids there? Uh, I, I mean, in, the, in, in that time – between when the season was over and and when they were signing, I don't know something. That's what <laughs> makes you a good recruiter. Yeah, I mean, like because, you said earlier, yeah. Yeah. Mario ha- was a huge embarrassment in a lot of games this season. Like nationally, we were a huge embarrassment in that Georgia Tech game. They lost to Florida State, you know, mm-hmm. and he was able to still recruit his ass off. So whatever he said worked. <clears throat> well, whatever yeah. Billy said didn't. As much as Mario well, may right, not have had. Yeah. Great communication on the kneel down. Mm-hmm. He clearly has great communication with his recruits, which obviously I know we're talking about the players that were already on the roster that have defected from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this just in from 15 minutes ago, JJ. Mm-hmm. A little of that. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Ernest Graham, Florida Georgia Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. We had him on the program. Yep. His son, Miles, mm-hmm. signed with Florida yesterday. The news this morning that the inside linebackers coach for Florida has left to head to Texas A&M to become Mike El- Elko's defense coordinator has clearly rubbed a few people the wrong way, or at least I'm reading between the lines, and this is what Ernest seems to be indicating mm-hmm. as to where his tweet that he just sent begins. My son was raised to understand the business as it exists, but there has been new levels of disconnect with this program that I have never, capital letters, never, ever experienced no calls, no communication, and the driest experience imaginable. I'm just going to start, capital letters, start there. Now, that is damning. That's in, an in, indictment in, yeah, on Billy. In, in the worst way. Yes, That's an is. alum. Yeah, you've got wow. to, not only just, uh, we're talking about a star, okay? And if <clears> we went back and we had the discussion yesterday about Marvin Jones Jr. not originally going to, to Florida State, and, and, and we had Shade Tree on, Marvin Jones, the great FSU linebacker. Now his kid is going back. To Tallahassee, but the bottom line is, is that when you have Ernest Graham, who basically was selling the product, the University of Florida, to not just his kid but to others, and believing in what Billy was was preaching or promising, and here you go, you lose a coach and no communication. Now, usually the way it goes is a coach leaves after the recruiting class as his promise, "Hey, I'm going to deliver the recruits." And then you bolt. Now, you can't blame him if he's going from D-line to D-coordinator. That's a promotion. I totally get it. And that's also the business. But, boy, you better button it up on your side if you're Billy Napier to keep those players there. That, yeah, ain't, that's, that ain't good. Well, here's the thing. You, you, just, you, just, you just tallied off all the five stars that, mm-hmm. that Billy lost that flipped on him. That, that's the head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the head coach. When you got five-star players, you make appearances, you go home visits, right. you call the kid, you text the kid, good morning, how you doing, how's class, all that kind of stuff. If, if he's losing those kind of five stars and then you get this indictment, this, this – this, uh, From a legacy. From a legacy, yeah. that's not a good look, bro. No. No. That, that, that's not a good look at all. And on the flip side, since we brought him up, Shade Tree mm-hmm. posted yesterday in the afternoon. Yeah. I think I respect the, – the one thing I respect – excuse me. 
The one thing I respect about this staff, as in Florida State, mm-hmm. is they are consistent. They show you the same love before you sign and after. At FSU football, please retweet. <laughs> and that's from a guy who two years ago, three years ago, had questions mm-hmm. about where Mike Norvell and where the staff were. And now look at him. Mm-hmm. And I thought Luke Cromanhawk, who we, you know, the, mm-hmm. the quarterback four-star commit that we had on the program yesterday, hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, Mike Norvell promised me that we would bring this thing back to the old Florida State, and clearly he lived up to the promise. Yeah. Well, 19 in a row would do that for you. Nah, mm-hmm. It helps. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. Judge John uh, Dubs. There's exactly. no question there. Yeah, and, and you go through the whole idea, like Nick Saban knows what he needs to do, can do, and will do when it comes to recruiting, and he has been a master at it. Now Kirby is the next – he's grasshopper that's become, you know, the, you know, the sensei, and basically he has now locked up a number one class – Three times in seven years. Three times in seven years. And he and he's just relentless. And those types of guys, once they have the results, they recruit off the results. And Billy doesn't have any results to recruit off of other than L's. <laughs> From a t- honestly, it's terrible. If you're a Gator fan out there, let us know because it's got to be driving you, you know, bananas. That you thought you, at the very least, were going to be able to bring some Jimmys and Joes in and maybe turn this bad boy around. Not like you you got – all right, the two guys that are the most important to Billy Napier are DJ and LJ. Those are the ones that are the most important to him, and it's a quarterback and it's a rush in. And if he is able to keep both of those, McCray from Mainland, mm-hmm. won a state title. People wondered whether or not he was going to hold on to his commitment to Florida. He did. And then, obviously, DJ Lagway – who might be that prized quarterback that can deliver, that you can build everything around. That's what it's going to come down to. Which, even then, he's not going to play initially. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I look at the kid. He's big enough. Uh, he's certainly athletic. He's improved from, I want to say, his his record as a starter going into his final year in high school was 10-10, and 10, something in that neighborhood. And he turned it around and made big plays uh, in his senior year. So – they may hand him the reins sooner than later as, if he's the promised one, you know. As we reset the 247 recruiting rankings, at least following the first 24 hours of early signing day, again, there's still National Signing Day. They still have, I believe, it's a 48-hour window that players could turn in their letters of intent. As of now, Georgia, the number one class in the class of 2024, followed by Alabama, Miami, Ohio State, Texas, Oregon, Auburn, Oklahoma. Florida State checks in at 9 Notre Dame at 10, and the Gators coming in at number 16. Now, who is at three again? Uh, the University of Miami. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The team, the team that went seven and five and had yeah. questions with a kneel down. But first clearly, top five class since 2008. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, JJ, because first top five class since when? 2008. Okay. Um, and that's after a seven and five season. Florida State, Leon said it, 19 straight wins. That's obviously what your recruits are going to look at and they're going to gravitate to most. Our buddy Ira Chaffel did the math here. Florida State, who, yes, I understand they lost K.J. Bolden, the five-star safety That's on the one that hurt him the most. I understand it dropped them all the way to nine. To Georgia, I see you Gator fans on the text line that want us to bash Florida State. Here is the reality of what Florida State has been the last 10 years. According to Ira Chaffel, FSU now has 10 signees in the top 200 players in the country. That is the most for a single class at Florida State since 2016 when they had 12. 10 matches the total number 
of top 200 prospects in Mike Norvell's first four classes combined. Yeah, and so they did haul them in where they weren't hauling them in before because they had disappointing seasons. They couldn't recruit off of that. Now they got the win streak and they got the impressive players. You can recruit off of that. And Cromenhawk is the highest rated quarterback since Jameis, and that's going back to those years that we're talking about. How about mm-hmm. one more for Miami? You know, you said, uh, what was it, top five, first since 2008? Mm-hmm. This is the first time they've had back-to-back top tens. This is a saucy. First time they've had back-to-back top ten classes since 2002. Saucy nubs. That's two decades worth of not being back-to-back in the top ten, and that's what Mario has Well, well look at the coaches we had Yeah, from that, from that time period. It's the conversation <laughs> we had yesterday with yes, Bush Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the coaches matter. The, the, the staff matters. Okay, this is a perfect segue because we're going to do this our top five. We always like to do five and five. Five NFL, our top five, and then five from the college ranks, which will add up to our ten. And we figured we just, we're going to composite our top five in, in, in the college game. Best recruiters, programs, and coaches all combined. So basically trajectory. Like the best players, you can do it anyway. Like mm-hmm. we're just going to go ahead and throw them out there. and You guys can obviously argue with it. But think about that, okay? Atmosphere, fan support, facilities, all that stuff. Then the best coach, and then recruiting adds up to players. So, you know, the best players that these teams have had, uh, we don't know exactly what these other ones are going to be. So we'll do that coming up. Yes, let's take a quick break. We'll hit, uh, hit you with our top fives from college as well as the National Football League. Something tells me we may have some movement on that front. That is next on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Shorter show today, rolling until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Then the Frangie Show comes in. The Coaches Show follows that. Jaguars programming at 4 o'clock this afternoon. We may or may not hear uh, what Doug Peterson is thinking about Trevor Lawrence, his quarterback being ready to go on Sunday. Concussion protocol, uh, definitely a tough one to get through, and it kind of – well, the player can't talk to the media, uh, and he's kind of kept to the side, at least as far as going through the battery of tests. So we'll find out what happens a little bit later on. That line hanging right around one point right now between Tampa Bay and your Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval needs it in the worst way to stop a three-game losing streak. Now, are they in anyone's top five? Uh, I think no. we're safe to say no. no. We're going to find out. Uh, it's safe to say no, yes. All right, so let's do our top five in the NFL. And then we were trying to come up with a composite top five in the college game. Mm-hmm. Right now, when you take a look at coming out of recruiting out of, after National Signing Day took place yesterday, you know, the best crop players, best coach, best program, facilities, fandom, all that stuff. So we'll try and piece that together with our, our what we think is our top five. But first, the National Football League. Yeah, so I'll give uh, Matt, since he's not here, because mm-hmm. he's – Sick. Yeah, laryngitis. Right before Billy. vacation. I'm questioning that. Billy's like, I'm what? tired of this guy bashing me. <laughs> uh, here's some here's some laryngitis uh, virus. Okay, so last week, Maddie had Chiefs 5, Dolphins 4, Ravens 3, Cowboys 2, and Niners number 1. I know he wasn't going to have the Cowboys on there again because of some of the inappropriate texts I received from him about <laughs> the Cowboys this weekend. And I was right. Uh, he has the Chiefs number 5, Bills 4, Dolphins three, Ravens two, and the 49ers number one, the Cowboys outside of his top five. All right, last week, Mia, she had the Chiefs five, Eagles four, Cowboys three, Ravens two, and the Niners number one. And a reminder that this is our power ranking for the week. Doesn't necessarily have to be long-term schedule, though obviously that leads, you know, big picture kind of into it. Who is 
who are, excuse me, the five hottest teams right now. At number five, I have the Buffalo Bills. Don't think there's anybody playing better ball than them right now. Mm-hmm. They obviously get some unfortunate news that they could be without both Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde on Saturday, but um, I still expect them to roll. I picked them to win out, and I think they will. At number four, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Wasn't pretty, but it was gritty. They get the win up in New England. They get to nine wins. Uh, Patrick Mahomes also, by the way, gifted his offensive lineman golf carts as well. I wonder mm-hmm. where he got that idea. Yep. At number three, the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think anybody at this point can beat the Jets. Um, but obviously it was impressive. It was a bounce back win. And I know the the big viral <laughs> video this week has been Mike McDaniel's message to his team about accountability after their loss to the Titans. And so uh, they're back in the news. They're making headlines, obviously on a trajectory to potentially fight with the Ravens for that number one overall seed in the AFC, given they both play each other. And the Ravens currently sit in that number one seed. So they are my number two team and the 49ers at number one because um, there is no more dominant force in the NFL than San Francisco right now. All right. Uh, Joe last week had the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Cowboys number two, and the 49ers number one. Yeah, I don't mind keeping the Chiefs in because that, you know, basically what you're looking at right now is them just trying to claw their way back into the conversation with that top seed. But, yeah, doing enough to win. I've, I've got the Fins without Tyreek Hill. And, again, that was against a good defense, a bad offense, but a good defense. And they smoked New York, which is what you should expect from him, and they did do. Fins for Ravens. Look, that was a ball game Sunday night. This team could have picked them off. It was a one-score game all the way through three quarters of football. But still, uh, L Boogie, one tough son of a gun to stop. And so Ravens, three. I've got the Bills, the number two team in the land. And I would not be surprised at all if it's Bills-Niners when we get to uh, the Super Bowl in Vegas. Because the Bills right now, clicking, confident, playing some some, really some awesome ball. So I'm just going to put them right now at number two because of what they did. They destroyed Dallas and then the Niners, number one. All right. Last week, Leon had the Dolphins, five. Eagles, four. Ravens. Cowboys and the 49ers number one. All right. Well, number five, I've got the Bills. I agree. I agree with both of y'all. No one wants to see this team. All right. Mm-hmm. They're they're seven and six right now. Uh, they're seven and six, right? Yes. Seven they're six. seven and seven. And technically, they're still what seven seed in the in the playoffs right now. They, I believe, they're still on the outside looking. On the outside in. looking in. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of teams hoping and praying right now they don't mm-hmm. make it in. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to run the table. I saw their last three games. Those are eight and six. Oh, eight, eight and six. six. Eight and six. Go. Okay, eight and six. Yeah. Right, they're, right there with Jacksonville. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if their last game is against the Dolphins. That'll be probably for the division. Maybe mm-hmm. depends on if the Dolphins win or lose. Okay, so I got the Bills five. I've got KC. I got them four. I got KC four. I've had them out of my top five for a minute, but. Uh, that was a nice win against the New England Patriots. And, I, and what, Patrick Mahomes got all this, what, lineman? His, golf uh, carts? Yeah, golf yeah. carts. Yeah. Mark Brunel, best gift Mark Brunel ever gave me was a, was a uh, chrome-plated pistol. Ooh. 45 with, yeah. my name and my, with, my, with my name and the Jaguar symbol. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, lefty, old lefty. Number three, I've got the uh, I've got the Dolphins at number three. Mm-hmm. You know, they they bounced back after that loss against the Titans. They shut out the Jets, which the Jets were. I mean, they they're a lousy team, but at least defensively, yeah. they usually pull up a, a nice little. They give you a little tussle, and they put up twenty four points and on without Tyreek Hill, and they can run and without Tyreek Hill, they can run and they can throw the ball. So I got them at three. Number two, I've got the Ravens. Disappointed in this team. Had a shot, like you said, for three quarters. Mm-hmm. We went toe to toe. Yeah. With them. That's why I say I mean, the Ravens are a good team. I don't think they're an elite team. You know, they're gettable. They didn't give it something. They're gettable. So, it'd be interesting to see how they play. 
uh, in the playoffs because it looks like right now the road to the Super Bowl, I mean, the road to the AFC getting the Super Bowl is going to probably go through. But if you go through B-more, yeah. And my number one team, I don't even call them who they are anymore, I, the Boogeyman. <laughs> the Boogeyman is number one. Yeah. If you don't know who the Boogeyman is, it's that team over there in San Francisco. <laughs> they are good. Right? They are very good. That team is rolling on all cylinders, offense, defense, special teams. They just got it going on. Yeah, uh, two MVP candidates. Yes. Um, I had the Eagles last week, number five, Chiefs three, Bills two, Cowboys one, and the Niners one, or Cowboys two and the Niners number one last week. I I didn't totally get rid of the Cowboys. I know they always get exposed against these good teams. I still think they're number five. Um, number four, I have the Dolphins. Uh, Chiefs number three. I have the Bills number two, and I honestly thought about putting them number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if they played the Niners, the Niners would still beat them. So I have the 49ers as the number one team. Yeah, because you're, you're looking at uh, – Like Mia, who would win right now? Yeah, like Mia mentioned earlier, the injuries are real. And on the back end, if you're taking a look at Buffalo trying to defend Purdy with Ayuk, with Kittle, and you can throw Jennings in the conversation, McCaffrey into the passing game, bottom line is they got so many weapons to defend. But I, I like the confidence, and confidence can be king this time of the year. I think you probably could – Confidence is key. Yeah, if you're play, if you're playing your best ball in December, absolutely. Yeah. You want to be. You don't want to be limping into the into the uh, the playoffs. Yeah. You want to have a nice little streak, one, two, three game winning streak. So that's why it's so important for this team to get a win. I don't care. Listen, I'll take an ugly win. I don't care. I'll take a ten six yeah. right now. Right. I'll take a ten six game right now if, if Jacksonville can pull that off because they just they need that feeling of winning again. I can only imagine what's going over there in that building right now because the coffee's bad, donuts suck. You know, everything is <laughs> terrible over there. They need to get that energy back. They yeah. need the energy back but in the they, building. And they got to create their own energy, okay, because mm-hmm. they're going nuclear right now, and they they're, they need to create their own energy, a little fire in the belly, some urgency, and we'll see if they do it uh, against Baker. I told uh, Jaguars today in the handoff, I said, I've, I've had some baked-in bias against Baker. I have, and now I got, at least got to give him credit because he's playing well, he's playing smart, and the other thing is, is that he has a battery of weapons mm-hmm. that Jacksonville's going to have a heck of a tough time dealing with. Rashard White coming out of the backfield, uh, dangerous, dangerous uh, running back. And then obviously Mike Evans and company speak for themselves. So in speaking with some of the Jaguars in the locker room yesterday, uh, the most telling part of that was just how quickly – the most telling part of the, the scouting report that they gave us was mm-hmm. just how quickly – Baker Mayfield gets the ball out. And mm-hmm. Boyo Lewican said that's something that he saw in 2020 in Baker's heyday in Cleveland when he faced him as a member of the Atlanta Falcons, and you're seeing it now. And so my question is, they're three stri- they have three straight wins, right? Mm-hmm. One is over Carolina. I don't think that needs any further introduction. Mm-hmm. And that was a, it was a three-point, three-point victory. Yeah. One is over Atlanta, four-point victory. Yeah. Uh, six teams have been eliminated from playoff contention. Atlanta has lost to four of them. That's mm-hmm. a saucy nug. Um, and then, obviously, a pretty impressive victory up in Green Bay. And yeah. so, I am just curious, the Baker we saw last week, is that the Baker we will see this week? Because against the Falcons, he passes for 144. Against the Panthers, he passes for 202 yeah. yards. And so, that 381 mark was just a nuclear performance. And maybe is that a byproduct of something else? Well, it's a byproduct of Jordan Love struggling on the other side, too. And so, no, I, I expect a backup game from Baker, but at, at the very least right now i got to recognize four scores, 158.3 passer rating, over 300 yards. I mean, it was, it was, he was money this past week. And, 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 and Baker, with that famous line that he had, you know, I, 
uh, I woke up feeling dangerous. He, he can get a little full of himself, and we'll find out whether that's going to help the Jags get off the snide. All right, let's get into the 1 o'clock hour, and we'll get to that recruiting, combo, coach, program, all that stuff coming up with our college football. And then we need to get to the ACC-FSU discussion. We'll have Rick Ballou uh, with us before we end our show today because they had that emergency meeting this morning because they're still ticked off. And I fully maintain they will use an undefeated record in a Power 5 conference. Not getting into the college football playoff is one of the main things that they feel like lets them look at the ACC differently right now, and they may need to go somewhere else. We'll get into all that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour on XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. One o'clock hour is here. It's XL Primetime. We've been hanging out. Big Circe's birthday. Happy birthday to 72. Or, if you're a Canes fan, 73. Uh, that's not his age. That is not his age. Uh, that is just his old jersey number that he wore. He came in celebrating with cigars. We've been having a good time getting closer and closer to Christmas. If you're out and about, we love that you got us locked in on XL Primetime. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Big Circe, and JJ. We're missing Maddie today. After he attacked Billy Napier verbally, he lost his voice. So that's just how it goes, okay? Some bet Billy got his revenge. Uh, uh, the accident that's out there uh, that's been wreaking havoc on any of our Duval Nooners or actually the SJC Nooners, too, heading south on 95. Uh, somebody text in, accident update, Butler East is backed up to the intercoastal. A1A South backed up to Sawgrass. Oh. I mean, no. is this going to be cleared up by 5 o'clock? I don't know. I'm not really sure. That, uh, that's a hot mess. Uh, and if you have, like, that one big accident, it just drives everybody to those other corridors, uh, and that's not good. So if you guys let us know where you're at and what you're up to as far as that goes, we would, we would love to hear it. Uh, all right. So JJ said we got something to give away, and – it's Tax Slayer Gator Bowl tickets, and I'll come up with something that we can uh, do with Kentucky and Clemson. This is a good ball game. A four-pack okay? of tickets, too, folks. Yeah, four-pack. All right, awesome. But I'm looking around, and maybe you can pull it up, but I think Clemson was right there around the Gators in terms of their signing class. In other words – They were 12. Yeah, Clemson is not in the top 10. And I, I, I have to go back and try and remind myself of the last time – that we did not see Clemson in the top 10. Now, is this just slowly but surely what they had? They don't have any more. Uh, and Dabo, well, as we've said, he does. He has not embraced the transfer portal. I mean, listen, they, they've loosened their leash as far as their chokehold on the ACC. Right. I mean, Florida State, we, we beat them this year. Florida State beat them this year. You know, so, I mean uh, – they're, 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 there's no longer the Clemson Invitational. Yeah. So 2022, they were 10th. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, 2019, they were 10th. Okay. Uh, but 2020, they were third. Okay. Uh, okay. 2021, they were fifth. So it's well, fallen off considerably the last year. Yeah, because they've lived, they've lived in the top yeah. 10. Well, I've always been interested in where does Clemson, where's the meat and potatoes of their recruiting? Is it, is it in the state? Or so do I was they just venture? looking through their Probably just, just the South just in the general. general. Yeah, south. It's yeah. The they south used to get a lot of South Florida kids. It's mm -hmm. the South in general, but like 
I mean, they have two five stars in this class. Mm -hmm. One's from Jefferson, Georgia. The other one is from Texas. Mm -hmm. Then their next highest rated recruit, TJ Moore, is out of Tampa. Mm -hmm. Then they've got a tight end out of Illinois and then an edge rusher out of Good Counsel in Maryland. Okay, so they get around. They circle around. They circle the globe. But have you heard in recent years Davo coming into Duval, coming into the Mm -hmm. Sunshine State, and plucking kids? And and Mm -hmm. that, at least to my recollection – you know, with these these names and, and schools that we've seen, I haven't I haven't heard too many halls from Clemson out of the state of Florida. Like mm-hmm. obviously Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama does, um, which gets us to this one discussion. And we're not going to have our top five as far as our colleges go, but just quick thought: your fandom, your <clears throat> fan base, your facilities, the atmosphere, just everything, coach, everything. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying that's one like one category. In other words, the fandom, the facilities, all that. Then the coach. And then the players. Well, Who's got it going well, right you know, now? Well, you got the, the big three is yeah. the office. We all agreed on the big three. Yeah. The big three is Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Yeah. So we, we kind of – Yeah, I think we're in easy. agreement Yeah, on we're those in agreement. Three. Those are easy. Those, you know, those are easy. The, the, I'm trying to figure out who are those other two. And so right now, Florida State has a chance to step into this conversation, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. An undefeated team that's won their conference, that has the win streak going, that looks like they have the coach. They obviously have the fan support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they easily could step in this conversation. You mentioned LSU. I, yeah, I mean, and, but then I had LSU's to well, got to be over Florida State. Yeah, Texas has to be in LSU's there. LSU's yeah, over but, Florida State, but because we're going to get to Texas in a yeah. second. LSU's over Florida State, sure, but that defense was such a disappointment. I mean, yeah. I'm not it, talking about year to year. Yeah. I'm just saying overall. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I, I don't really care what happened last year. Like, in up, general, LSU has been a dominant program for yeah. 20 years. And it's years. easy to sell it. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got they've got a rich fertile ground mm-hmm. and an unbelievable fan support and facility, and they do have the coach Brian Kelly has proven that he mm-hmm. did produce a Heisman Trophy winner down there. So I wouldn't honestly I wouldn't have a problem. I would have a problem. LSU LSU. In They're always five. in the top ten in recruiting. So they then, won a national championship within the last five years. But then going back to yeah. Texas, Texas uh, facilities they just, support yeah. they've got it all, but they have. Like it's now they're undefeated. They're, or excuse me, a one-loss team. They're in the college football playoff. It'd be hard not to put them in there. So Texas mm-hmm. is the fifth overall class by two four seven sports yeah. in the class of twenty twenty four. They have but four get five it stars. Done, Texas fifteen four stars. Because I agree with Joe. I mean, there were enough games this <clears throat> year where I know plenty of people will say there were enough games that you question if Florida State was a legitimate contender or were they quote unquote frauds. I felt that same same way about Texas. I still think that Kansas State should have won that game. I don't know what Chris Kleiman was thinking in overtime, but there is a chance that Texas is not playing. Yeah, it was it was a great yeah. game, and then they ended up setting it up where Texas could. Would go you ahead put and take Oregon above Texas? I in would. The, uh, just best programs right now. I would, and for this reason, JJ. While Washington beat Oregon, Washington's recruiting class is ranked thirty sixth. Their current roster, as it is constructed, was obviously built. <laughs> oh, yeah, the I wouldn't portal. put Washington anywhere close. No, to but this list. here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Is like akin to what Mike Norvell's doing at Florida State, Dan Lanning has the sixth-rated recruiting class. He Mm. already has Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore out of UCLA set to sign in the transfer portal. Dan Lanning is scary. And he's got Phil Knight money. He's got all the Oregon that Oregon has to offer. Well, we we also have to take into consideration. Better than pretty much any school right now. Also taking into consideration over the last decade, how many appearances have they made in the college football playoffs? Yeah. You know, and Oregon, Oregon has played in it. Exactly. Yeah, they made it. They played they in played it. it twice, right? How many times have they yeah. been? The first they, two at years. Least one. Yeah, and they beat Florida State and played for the title against Ohio State mm-hmm. in 2014. Then I what think about, they made what it. What about 
we say Clemson, right? Yeah. What, what, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, they they like they've right been now, a hallmark of the college football playoff, have. but over the last two three years, since they lost that elite quarterback, what mm-hmm. have they been? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why they take a ding here. Mm-hmm. And so the at all right, here's what's possible. I wouldn't be shocked for Clemson to get right back in there, though. Oh no, I, I, I agree either. with you, but but here's what's possible. Okay, what's possible is that Florida State and or Miami can take a foothold on the what we uh, I describe as a crap conference and you describe as Clemson Invitational. Mm-hmm. So both of those schools, Florida State obviously having the leg up right now, they've got a chance to take a foothold on it. They owned it forever, and then obviously it gave, they gave way and Clemson was able to jump in, in, in the driver's seat. And so now Florida State is looking to hold on to that bad boy. Miami's hoping to cut into it. But once you get on top, you can stay on top in that conference, at mm-hmm. least I believe that for a little while. And then you got to take a look at the other ones. Can Michigan? <clears throat> can Michigan do this? Michigan's an unbeaten team. Michigan should be in our top five. Okay, yeah. they've played in the college football playoff now yeah, more I didn't than even once. Think about Michigan. Yeah, I mean they should be in our top five. So Michigan's recruiting class finished fifteenth. Yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. But not that got, I think that that's an. I don't think that that's an indicator of where that program is headed. But it is surprising given how many top five, top ten yeah, classes Jim the, has had. They've got the passion. They got the coach. And they've, they've got the players because they are kicking out some pretty mm. good talent to the National Football League. So I wouldn't have a problem with that. But, well, yeah. Well, uh, what about who's number one? Uh, right now I'm putting Georgia, Georgia. number Georgia. one. Okay. No question. I'm going Georgia-Bama, uh, and then I'm going Ohio State because the first two have natties. Ryan Day does not, even though they played in all these college football playoffs. Uh, and then after that, Michigan has gotten back. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't hesitate to put LSU in there. But I have to put Michigan in my top five. Well, they, by the they, way, they st- got to be part of it right I now. I stand corrected, which mm-hmm. I mean is a credit to old Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. The highest recruiting class by two four seven sports that Michigan has had since twenty nineteen, eighth in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're pretty much hovering between ten and seventeen. Mm-hmm. And he he does a good job. Uh, look, it's the Big Ten. I like taking shots and throwing darts at them and all that. But the two class teams of that league are the two that we mentioned as far as the best programs in America. And, and, and Harbaugh, at least right now, you haven't heard any leaked information about him wanting to, to leave. It still could happen. Trust me on that. It still could happen. We don't know exactly know where that's going to go. But if nothing else, Texas has a chance to step into this conversation. Florida State has a chance to step into this conversation. And then you could name a couple of other ones that are ready to just kick that door down uh, and see if they can get it done. You know, one other school that, that kicked butt yesterday – uh, Hugh Freeze with the charge card. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a really good job of pulling in talent, and Alabama is who they're up against, and they don't win too many of those recruiting battles. But Hugh Freeze, I already have a lot of respect for him as a head coach. And what he was able to do after the disastrous game they had before the Iron Bowl is he just said, hey, we're mm-hmm. coming. Give me some more support. And he was able to at least get that in the former recruit. They finished seventh. Yeah. And it's scary, Leon, because mm-hmm. those Auburn boosters have been waiting for their own boogeyman. Mm-hmm. They have the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. They have him as their head coach, a guy who's not afraid can, right. to play dirty, get caught and find a way out of it, but mm-hmm. also be as crazy a recruiter and focus on recruiting as anybody in the business. Mm-hmm. And I think they finally have that with Hugh Freeze. And I think it's great because, I mean, look at the revolving door that the right. Auburn job has been. I right. think that they finally found their match made in heaven. And now that I said that, they surely will go 6-6 six and six and they'll be trying to get him fired next year. But he, but he can coach it against Nick. And that was the main reason that they gravitated to him. Mm-hmm. Because when he was at Ole Miss, 
he was able to purchase players. That's just how the, the story goes. But he also went toe-to-toe with Nick. You take a look at that. I try to remember if it was 16 or 17 class. That class that he had included Evan Ingram. When did Evan Ingram come out? Uh, anyway, Evan Ingram, Laramie Tunsil, uh, Metcalf, Kamdichi, Brown, Kamdichi. Right? Yeah. I mean, on and on and on with so many good players. I, I had forgotten about Kamdichi, and he definitely was. I think he was them. like number one. Yeah, he was a stud, uh, and both Kamdichi brothers. But they were studs in college. It just isn't, didn't quite translate. Uh, to the NFL game. All right, so you guys jump in if you're still thinking about recruiting uh, and, and really the, the top five programs as far as having it all. Uh, let us know. Disagree, agree, whatever. You can hit the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosures, at 641-1010. Uh, and we are about, say, 20, 25 minutes away from finding out the latest in Rick Ballou's eyes as far as what's going on with FSU and their emergency meeting. <laughs> Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. A lot of birthday messages coming in for Big Surce on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I appreciate this one from the 631 in particular. A very happy birthday to you, Leon. I listen to you every day on Lunch with Leon in the fifth quarter, even until 3 a.m. after that pitiful loss on Sunday. Love your clever quips. No, that, no that's commitment. That's Absolutely. awesome. We appreciate all of our yeah. listeners, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's listen, that is devotion. That is devotion. And that's what you're looking for. Yes. If you want to give a shout out to the special dude in your life, yeah. hit yeah. us on the yeah. text line. Design my lifetime enclosures at 641 1010. Well, yeah. I'm gonna tell you what I did get this morning too. Uh, little hacker. Yeah. You know. Uh, <gasps> Forrest. Yeah. Um, Hacker took a filmed him and he was on video saying happy birthday. I love that. Leon, and I love you. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty amazing. cool. That was beautiful. That that's, was, you, you appreciate your hat. You got me thinking, like, <clears throat> Antonio Brown, and I, I'm trying to think of who else has done this. Plenty of others, but one, uh, oh, uh, uh, Shooter McGavern. There's been a handful of that you pay them mm. to call and wish you a happy birthday. What if we, like, created a, a hacker birthday service where he could. Give them the gift of meat. Yeah, yeah. Where, where he could call and, uh, hey, man, just want to hey, wish man. you a happy I think birthday. it's called Cameo. Happy I think, cameo, I think yes, we just got to yeah. get yeah. hacked yeah, on go. Cameo. Give yeah. them the gift of meat. <laughs> From All a right. special dude in your life. All right, let's do a bold fact right now. Here's a bold fact. Brought to you by Bold City Brewery. Duval's first craft brewery. Online at BoldCityBrewery.com. Looking forward to being out at the production house on Roselle Street tomorrow. XL Primetime will be out there, so we'd love to have you drop on by Bold City, the original brewery. First in Duval in 2008 with all their great craft, whether it's an ale, IPA, stout, like the awesome brown ale that they've got, Dukes. Make sure you check them all out, BoldCityBrewery.com. Uh, and they've got burgers, bingo, and brews tonight on special. A little BOGO action for those craft brews. All right. Our guy that is making, what is the $800,000, Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant, six games this season with a passer rating of 130 or higher. The guy is just unbelievable. He has now had six games with a passer rating of 130 or higher. So he is right there with four other lads that have done this. Four other this lads season. that have done this. No, in, in, in the NFL history. Oh, in NFL history. Yeah. Okay, and so basically okay. most such games in a season 
in NFL history. Tom Brady. These other guys have done it six times, and now he's done it six times, all in the same Same season. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers. All right, we finally got one. There we go. Hey, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers had six games in 2011 and six games in 2020. No no Drew Brees, though. Nope. Mm. No Tom Brady? Nope. Peyton Manning? Nope. Patrick Mm. Mahomes? Nope. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Peyton, um, oh, you said Peyton Manning. Kurt Warner? Six and six seasons. Nope. Matthew Stafford. Nope. But in honor of Matt Hayes, he would have one of two guesses. Mm. Matt Ryan? No. His his two go-tos. Well, Kurt Warner and Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Kurt Warner and his other favorite one. Testaverde? No. He always goes Russ. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Okay. Russell Wilson had six in nice. 2019. Did. Okay, so now we got A, Ron, <clears throat> Russ. We need two more. Okay. Pretty six. Dan Marino. Nope. Nope. Elway? Nope. Oh. Montana? Kelly. Young? No one says Jim Kelly. Yeah, Jim Kelly? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I want you to, because the last one I do not believe you will get. Okay. Uh, but the second to last one, uh, JJ, if you don't mind, I would like for you to cue up one of my favorite sound bites that I always ask for whenever there's just something really like. Super amazing, and I go, Ooh. Tony yeah. Romo. Yeah. Oh. oh, where did I put it? Oh, you got to find it. You got to find it. He had six. <laughs> oh, I got it. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what I have that marked down as. <laughs> because listen, it <laughs> is a good. O. It's a good and bad sound. It really is. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. All right. I don't know, Jim. Uh, Ooh. six in twenty fourteen oh. for Tony Romo. And the last guy, which I do not believe you all will get, so I'm giving it to you. It was six in 2019. Wow! And it was uh, a guy that got a hundred million dollars. Kirk? From more, no, hundred million dollars for more than one team. Ryan Tannehill. Oh. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was in 2019 when they moved to that number one seed. Remember? Mm. And then worst number one seed in the history of the NFL got yeah. bounced in the first round. Cincinnati went in there and thumped them. Mm. So, yeah. And it does sound like it could be Ryan Tannehill on Sunday, even mm-hmm. though Will Levis has high hopes to return after his ankle injury. But, yeah. uh, hey, we'll see what happens. So these games coming down the stretch real quick when we're talking about it because we know what is at stake. It's not only Jacksonville needing to win, but you're talking about three, eight, and six teams at the top of the AFC South. Yeah, tiebreakers count, and they obviously have it over the Colts. They don't have it over the Houston Texans. But – these games are real important. Cleveland going down to Houston, I believe they are I believe they're a, a favorite in this game. Well, because CJ Stroud. They don't know whether Stroud's going to play. He's all but or not. been ruled mm-hmm. out of this yeah. one. He's not at practice right now. I know some earlier reports. And so it'll be Case Keenum again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, so Cleveland's the favorite in this game. Yeah, they're a two and a half point favorite. And then Indy on the road against the Falcons yeah, are one point underdogs. Okay. Somehow, some way. That honestly, that's a surprising <clears throat> number. I don't know what Vegas knows when it comes to that one, but how can you make the Falcons a favorite against over, anyone? Yeah, against anyone. That's the perfect way to finish the sentence. But after they lost to Carolina, and then look at what Indy did this past yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, Vegas has got something on that game. That's for sure. Do not make that one of it our kind of gives JJ. me the vibe. Of, I have no clue what to do with be, that one. Yeah. It gives me the vibe of the Jets Texans a few weeks ago. They yeah. knew something. Like I feel like I want to put my entire life savings on it, yeah. but I know better. <laughs> it's nuts, man. I guess just the home team. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they don't know what to do with it, so they and just give it to the, the home. The other part team. of it, you're right. It's a bounce back game, home team. 
And look what the Colts have done. They can't keep doing it. That's probably why. Yeah, that's it. That you, you're, They're going to eventually go back to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, they just can't keep doing it. All right, we've got a trivia question for the Tax Layer Gator Bowl, but first, uh, let's throw one out there. Uh, that? Yeah. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our first update from the Thursday practice for your Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence not on the field during the part of practice that is open to the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, I, I hopefully he just came late. Yeah, they got to err on the side of caution. Yeah, he it was. I, I still feel like he's going to play, but that's just one hundred percent hope and guessing. That's all it is. There's nothing else. And and if they've now prepared C.J. Beathard, they better do what Leon always suggests. <clears throat> Everybody needs to nut up and, and, and play better around him. Create that that cast around him. Well, you know what, Trevor, not being now, it, it might be an issue too with because um, sunlight can mm-hmm. bother you if you have a concussion. Right. You know what I'm saying it, I've had them, and the next day, you know, it's, it gives you it can give you a headache. Is Heck what yeah. I'm saying. So I mean, <clears throat> I'm just saying the, the Jaguars may be taking any precautionary measure. Now right. he, and of course, he goes outside and stuff, but goes outside and stuff, but he, but being in one place and one spot outside mm-hmm. for a couple of hours could could get my headache. He was in the facility yesterday, which mm-hmm. is an encouraging sign because C.J. Stroud and some of these other quarterbacks in the concussion protocol couldn't even make it to practice from per mm-hmm. doctor's orders. And so mm-hmm. he is in the facility. C.J. Beathard said, you know, he was back yesterday. His spirits were high. Um, didn't see him in the locker room yesterday, obviously. Um, Zay Jones also <coughs> not at practice during this open portion of today's mm-hmm. practice. He was in the locker room yesterday, um, but he officially was listed as a DMP, did not practice, and so that'll obviously be one to monitor, but we know. I mean, he's had two knee injuries, now a hamstring injury. I would be more doubtful about Zay just because of the track record with Trevor than I would be about Trevor. Yeah, and Trevor, he has proven he has that track record as well when you think about it as far as getting back there. All right, uh, real quick off the text line, I'll smoke a big fat cigar in your honor, Leon. Happy birthday, uh, big guy. Uh, Let's go for the win Sunday. Totally agree. So from that smoke, take a look at this. This is from EA Sports, one of my dudes. And look at this, uh, all y'all. Okay, this is oh my god. This is I ninety five. Wow. And this was like a little bit earlier today. Could you see that? I, can. I mean, it is rough looking. What so, is that? It's like a fire. Oh, what is that burning the over there? It's a it's is a, it? a uh, overturned tractor trailer. Wow. On fire. And so <sighs> be safe ooh. out there, guys. Yeah, be yeah. safe. And apparently, I saw San Jose is now backed up too. And obviously, we reported that now everybody's bailing and trying to take A one A, and so mm. that's backed up. So yeah. Just be careful out there, folks. Um, and also, make sure you're careful because you want to be able to attend the so Tax Slayer yes. Gator Bowl. Yeah. So we've got the Tax Slayer. And, and Casey, uh, I'm going to call him Casey, the, one of our dudes, the, the former mailman. He did deliver this time with our trivia question. And so we've got Clemson, Kentucky. And I think it's going to be a great Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. But the essence of the question is very simple. Yeah, so I do have a family four-pack of tickets to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, at Everbank, December 29th at noon. So if you can call in right now and give me the last time these two teams played Clemson versus the program <laughs> and the winner of that said game. So I need the year and the winner, and I'll give you tickets for uh, Gator Bowl right now. Four tickets. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. What's happening? What's happening? Up on the reservation, uh, we go to the truth teller. We seek him out, Rick Ballou. You'll hear him into the night later on. But Ricky B, 
uh, I think there's a, a little consternation up on uh, ta- up on the hill in Tallahassee. Yeah, it should be interesting tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, the way I'm kind of looking at it, it's going to be a pack of drunken sailors screaming out of a window. It should be a whole heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> and the fact that it's right before the Christmas break, Rick, I mean, this can only spell disaster for all parties involved. It's just perfect. Uh, you know, hey, listen, I graduated from a, a school that produces lawyers and doc- uh, doctors. It also produces clowns. <laughs> and uh, this has certainly been clown movement uh, for Florida State this past year. Oh, by the way, Leon Searcy, happy birthday. Appreciate it, Rick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Rick. I was going to say, what kind of legs does this have on this whole thing about moving out the ACC? I mean, I know you went I know you went undefeated this season and didn't get into the playoffs, but, I mean, there was a team called Clemson that actually did come out of the ACC and was a partaker in some of that. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think they have the grounds for really anything, and and that's what's, uh, you know, that's what's really scary about all of this. Um, the grant of rights is in place through the year, you know, twenty thirty six, and for those who don't know what the grant of rights are, they have full access to the rights of Florida State and other Atlantic Coast Conference teams, their media rights, and you know that is a binding contract, ironclad through the year 2036. And and the only way that I can see that Florida State can make a point about getting out early with the Atlantic Coast Conference would be, um, listen, Florida State went undefeated. Florida State in the Atlantic Coast Conference cannot compete for a national championship while as a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference. But I believe the ACC lawyers would turn right around and say, it specifically does say in the college football playoff committee's rules that if a player gets hurt or if players get hurt, you can use that particular rule to not vote one of those teams in uh, into the final four. So uh, what else could they possibly be trying to argue over at this point? And I, I think it's going to cost Florida State a ton of money. Uh, you know, as far as lawyers, it's going to cost the Atlantic Coast Conference a lot of money, and um, I frankly don't see how they're going to be able to get out of this uh, without it being a complete mess for Florida State. We're talking with our man Rick Ballou at Ballou1010XL and into the night with Rick Ballou later on this afternoon at 6. And and I totally agree with what you're saying, but I've been kind of like beating the drum here of late that once they were left out, this was at least a their best opportunity to strike and say, hey – ACC has no clout because we're an undefeated team and we're being left out. And to Leon's point, when Clemson was there, they were in, but now they've left us out. So this is how they view us. At the very least, they're trying to use it as leverage. Yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I think there's a chance. And, you know, when, when you have a contract, it's, uh, it's set in stone unless you mutually agree to part ways or if there's a massive buyout. You know, you fire Jimbo. Fisher, you, you, you pay him a ton of money. Uh, that's the way things are. I, I can't see where the Atlantic Coast Conference is just going to say, you know what, you're right, uh, best of luck to you. It's going to cost at least $120 million in order for Florida State to break this contract before the year uh, 2036. So, you know, to me, that becomes a major issue here. And obviously, Florida State has hired some really uh, creative lawyers who are going to try to find a way around this. But the other part of it all becomes, where do they go? I mean, 
the SEC, I think Florida and Georgia have proven that they've been able to survive uh, fairly okay without Florida State in their conference. Do you think either one of those two are saying, oh, man, if we had Florida State to our conference, we're going to make that much more money? No. Uh, the Big Ten, they allowed Nebraska in in 2014. At that point, they had 13 of their 14 schools were a part of the AAU, the Association of American Universities. Florida State's not part of that. They added the L.A. market with USC and UCLA. It became 15 out of 16. Then they added Oregon and Washington. So that's 17 out of 18 schools. By the way, when, when Oregon and Washington came into the Big Ten, they're not receiving a full part of that, uh, uh, the slice of the pie. They're only getting a partial piece of it through the contractual year of football 2029 and into early spring of 2030. So is Florida State going to go to the Big Ten and take less money? And, and also think about this, guys. All right. They had a chance to get Stanford and Cal. What is that? It's a top five market in San Francisco and Oakland. It's unbelievable academically. And also for the old stodgy Big Ten um, individuals, there would be absolutely zero threat of Stanford or California coming in and in winning a national championship or, or winning a Big Ten championship. So those three reasons made enormous, uh, enormous sense for the Big Ten, and they said no. So is the Big Ten going to look at Florida State, who's not qualified under the AAU? They, they, they are not there academically like these other schools. Do you think they're bending over backwards right now to say, Florida State, come and join our conference? Well, your good friend J.J. LaSelva, Rick Ballou, said to us this morning, is it time to embrace heritage and both Florida State and Miami go independent? You know, they've already said they're not going to do that. Um, I think it's only a matter of time until Notre Dame gets an offer that is just too good uh, to say no to. I'm trying to think who else you could get. I mean, could you go get Oregon State and Washington State? They're already talking about forming their own conference out there. I just don't know where you would go uh, to be able to find uh, enough finances. And then you talk about scheduling. I mean, is anyone going to help out? Yeah, everyone's taking on Notre Dame, and they kind of have that agreement with the ACC where they play like five Atlantic Coast Conference teams every year. The ACC is not going to do any favors to Florida State or Miami if they leave. So, um, you know, it's an interesting question, but I just don't think there's enough money to back uh, them becoming an independent. All right, Rick, 19 in a row, top five NFL prospects. Does this feel like 90s again for you? You know, it really does. Um, on the field, um, it's really a good thing. Um, I settled in last night after the show and just kind of looked at all of these recruits and went and watched some videos and did some stuff after, after signing day. And obviously there was disappointment with the two five-star Flips. One we knew about, the blunt kid going to Miami. Uh, the other was a surprise to many uh, with Bolden. But it's still, without any question, the best class that Mike Norvell has ever gotten. He's got a, a star quarterback and a star running back, and he did a nice job in the ditch, did a great job in the defensive backfield. So, to me, this is going to be really interesting. Mike Norvell has been really successful with three-star players and transfers What's he going to be like now if he can hang on to these young four-star players and, and coach them up and watch them develop throughout the course of the year? So he's, he's going to get better players. But, you know, the part two of all this now is he's got to go out and get himself eight to ten more transfer portal kids who 
honestly have to become starters uh, this September. So that's what Mike Norvell is out doing right now. And, uh, and hopefully good news is coming for Florida State in, uh, in that particular aspect. And when, when you put together the run that they had and obviously what Jordan Travis was able to do and then for, for them to go out and put together this class, Rick, he has now proven that he can transfer portal his way to the top and now he can recruit his way to the top. Because right now, if anyone's putting the pyramid together of the, of the best classes and perhaps the best programs right now in the Sunshine State, FSU's at the top. Well, he's done that, and also players have gotten better under him. And, you know, the end of the Bowden era, that didn't happen. The end of the Fisher era, actually, I shouldn't say that. You know, in, in 14 and 15, he still was producing NFL players. But we know that Jimbo just basically quit at the very end. But to me, that's always really the measure of a great coaching staff, is, is how do you develop players? How much better do they get freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior? Even these transfer portal players. They became better football players under uh, Mike Norvell. So, yeah, he's done a really good job coaching. He's also made some really key additions to that staff. Randy Shannon, uh, Patrick Sertan uh, defensively have, have absolutely helped out. So, you know, the good news for Florida State is as of yet, they haven't lost any assistant coaches, and they are bringing in good young 18-year-old freshman. Um, once again, though, he's got to go back out and, and, you know, he's added Marvin Jones Jr., but he's got to add, I think, another 8 to 10 more off that transfer portal. All right, Rick, before you give us a look ahead to what's to come tonight on Into the Night, I am curious, who do you believe will be the Knowles starting quarterback day one in the 2024 season? If I had to bet right now, I'd say DJU. Mm. I, I would say DJ Uyunglele. And not Cam guess. Ward. I, w- I would rather have Ward, mm-hmm. but I, I think Ward's going to the U. Mm-hmm. I, I think Rick Ross and company have found uh, they lift up the rock <laughs> and they found a whole ton of money. And uh, my guess is Cam Ward. I hope I'm wrong. You just gave a gift to Sirs, is what you just did. Yeah, I would rather see Ward and then DJU, but I, I'll, you know, as always, Mia put an ungodly amount of pressure on me and I'm going to go with DJU as your starting quarterback DJU in Ireland in Dublin against Georgia Tech man if that's that beautiful. doesn't say the history and pageantry of college football I don't know what does yeah your your, your Irish uh, background will have to take you across the pond for that one if it all goes down yeah I, you know what I and I I'm struggling with it. It's just the timing's terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's right towards the end of training camp, and I, I love that time of year, being able to go out and watch and practice and, and everything that goes on there at the Miller Electric Center. So I've got kind of gone back and forth. Um, but, hey, the way I look at it, all these great things I say about Florida State, they should pay for me a private trip to Ireland uh, to go out there and watch that game. And maybe if I get that offer, I'll, I'll say goodbye to the Jags for, yeah. I don't know, a yeah. week. Let Norvell know we're loving on him this way. All right, now you got plenty more coming up tonight. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm on my way to the Jaguars locker room right now. Mm-hmm. Um, really interested to see uh, what what it's like. I, I think this team's been really consistent this year, win or lose. It really doesn't seem to affect them in the locker room. Um, this is one of those games, regardless of when we talked about it, I had this down as an easy W for the Jaguars at Tampa. But all of a sudden now, I mean, the pressure, I feel, is on the Jags. Tampa's won three in a row, albeit against lesser competition. Jacksonville's lost three in a row. So 
So um, you look at the point differential at six for both teams. Uh, they're pretty even across the board. It's, it's going to be interesting. So uh, I'll have that on there tonight. Uh, some player reactions, some interviews from the Jaguars locker room. Sounds good. Sounds good, bro. Thanks, man. We'll be listening. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. Rick Christmas. At Baloo 1010XL, uh, <laughs> slump buster in, in the Bay. That's what, that's what they're looking for right now. Uh, that's for sure. Get it done if you can. Get back to winning ways. All right, we've got very little time left. Yes, we're going to say hello to the Frangie Show. We're going to do our uh, takeaways. Mm-hmm. do want to note, though, on the heels while we wait for the Frangie Show to arrive at 1010XL headquarters, mm-hmm. I do want to note that in addition to the Florida State variable of will they go independent, will they try to get out of the grant of rights in the ACC, that the West Coast Conference Mm -hmm. has voted to add Oregon State and Wazoo as affiliate members in non-football sports. They have 30 days to decide if they also would like to add baseball to the league or go independent. And so football has that scheduling agreement with the Mountain West. They obviously have the rights to the Pac-12 title and every, you know, money revenue that comes with that branding Mm -hmm. for the next two years. But it'll be curious to see that, you know, I don't think those West Coast, like, you know, for those who don't know, West Coast Conference is like Gonzaga. I don't think Gonzaga is just going to, you know, suddenly start a D1 Power 5 football program. So it'll be curious to see which way the Beavs and the Cougs go. What I'm going to end up seeing uh, and try and bring it it through with my vision Mm. is the USA Conference. And the USA Conference is going to stand for us against the SEC. And it's going to be everybody but the SEC. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. We've got a short show. Francis show ready to go. Lauren Brooks, you guys are all fired up. Ready to go? Absolutely. Happy birthday, Leon. Ah, thank you. Appreciate it. What are you, 42? Yes. All right. Yeah, he was doing some back math. Yeah, back math. It's called back math. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it's called oh, I need math. to learn how to do yeah, that. Well, <laughs> I'm not lying. When, when I turned 50, I just took two years off every time I birthday. Oh, okay. So I'm 42. Back, back. So I really, you call it back math? Right? Back math. Yeah, back math. But I did guess correctly with the 42? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did give us the math problem earlier. Yeah, he said, yeah, you can yeah, try yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so I was told this has nothing to do with your birthday, <clears> but I was told when I was younger that men can go after women half their age plus seven. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. Half your age plus, plus seven. seven. That's, the, that's the youngest you can go if you're a guy. The, the cutoff point. The cutoff yeah. point. I got you. I got oh, you. I've yeah, not yeah, heard yeah, of that, I but you. I got you. So, yeah. yeah, you can do the math yourselves <laughs> yeah. and just think about that. Another math problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what math will you all be getting into uh, as far as who's going to be available? Well, speaking of, yeah, absolutely. But speaking of math, yeah, Hayes leads our picks by a lot. Uh, I think mm-hmm. 10 points, but we're still going to do them, you mm-hmm. know, just in case. So, uh, so yeah, we'll make our picks. Hayes is last day for this week, and then he's off tomorrow, and then we're all off next week. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, of course, yes, get into who's practicing, who's not practicing, and all that fun stuff. I was at the dentist this morning, and the dentist was like, he's a diehard Jags fan, and he's yeah. like, we got a big one on Sunday. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have the time to talk about yeah. how big it is. Uh, it is massive. That's it is sure. such an important game. Because he had the drill stuck in your mouth, and so yeah. you couldn't talk about it. Well, fine. no, I mean, yeah. Get he, it! Yeah. They're like, what did I My mom's a dentist. Yeah. I got to have fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauren, thanks. All right, thank you. We will be listening. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is I don't remember much of the 90s because I was a child, um, but I think we could be headed there in the state of Florida. 
in terms of football, which, hey, on the back half of that 90s, or at least in the mid-90s, the Gators did rise again. So mm-hmm. don't be so upset, Gator fans. We're not bashing you. We're just stating the facts as they currently stand. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be a homer. Mm-hmm. University of Miami had a disappointing 75 season, but Mario, he pulled it off. He absolutely pulled it off. Number three, was it? Number three ranking in, in yep. recruiting yep. right there? Yep. Um, you know, hopefully with the recruiting and the guys he got coming back and and Cam Ward – Thank you, Rick Ross. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you for that. Um, hopefully, this, like you said, it, the 90s were good to us. All three schools, Florida State, Miami, and Florida. So, I, hey, bring it back if you can. Well, my takeaway is uh, the school that I matriculated through and finally graduated from uh, went from top five after a five-game losing streak to 15th. And that's what happened. That's the product. I always talk about the product, and they were – Top three, and then fell to 15th because of a five-game losing streak. Get it done, Billy. LJ and DJ better get you home, that's for sure. All right, we are done. We are going to be at Bold City Brewery, the production house on Roselle Street, tomorrow. So we hope that you'll come on by noon to 3. Uh, Matty Hayes with laryngitis, get better. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Big Sirs, and JJ uh, will all enjoy Leon's birthday at some point this afternoon.